This is Cooper Cup, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and this is the Week 10 DFS walkthrough and breakdown podcast for DraftKings and FanDuel. We're going to try and fire through this one a little bit quicker because I only have about a half an hour here to get it done. So let's just go ahead and go go ahead and get into the games. Um, we will start out here if I can get my games to pull up and get out of the NCAA section. We're done with that. Done with our maxion. I've been having some fun with that, by the way, Monday night, Tuesday night maxion um, or Tuesday night, Wednesday night maxion. We, so we had football basically every night this week, which was just killer. We had Friday, we had a three game Friday night college slate. We had Monday night football. We had Tuesday, Wednesday night maxion. We had Thursday night football. I mean, can't complain too much about that. Washington Redskins at Detroit Lions, we start out with. Um, sneaky game that on my Roto Grinder show earlier that I did with Chief and with Cardi, that both those guys actually like. Um, they're talking about even playing Alex Smith, uh, you know, just way, way down on the salary scale. I think that's idiotic. I think that, you know, not calling those guys idiots, but I just think it's, um, I think Alex Smith looks like he can't play. I if I were the if I were Washington, I think I would I'd try and put Haskins in there because he looks really, really bad. Um, this game opened up as a 46 point total. Detroit is now three and a half point favorites after opening up as five and a half point favorites. Um, 56% of the tickets are on the over, 25% of the money is on the over, 67% of the tickets are on the Lions, only 28% of the money is on the Lions. So I I'm with I'm with the Sharps here. I think that Washington could win this game. Possibly uh, our models really like Antonio Gibson this week. And, we, you know, we talk about it every week here on this podcast about how Detroit can't tackle for shit. Um, uh, so on the Detroit side, Antonio Gibson, I like him. Terry McLaurin, man, Cardi and Chief really love Terry McLaurin. I, I mean, look, he's he's got a six and a half reception, 71 yard prop. So. I think that that is at least a little bit interesting, but the, here's the, he's not it. Like at this point, you're paying up for Terry McLaurin. Like, I mean, you're having to make a decision between a guy like Terry McLaurin and a guy like I mean, he's more expensive than Robert Woods. He's more expensive than Will or than Tyler Lockett. Um, you know, he's right there. It's we're with like guys like Cooper Cup and Keenan Allen, who I met, might trust a little bit more, just given the the game situations that they're going to be in this game. Uh, only a what a forty six point total. Um, I think JD McKissick is in play, maybe on on DraftKings just because of the PPR floor that he brings. What last week McKissick? Um, you see, it felt like he got checked down to on every single every single goddamn play. Yeah, fourteen targets and nine receptions last week. Alex Smith, you know, dump off King. 
So uh, you could go with him, but that's probably about it on the Washington side. Unless you want to get crazy and play Alex Smith, I don't think that that's a good idea, though. Uh, Detroit uh, still down Kenny Galladay, uh, of course. I don't think that there's um, – let me get – let me just look in here real quick. So for the Lions, let's make sure there's no terrible injuries that we need to monitor. There are, there are of course, injuries – uh, with the left side of the of the Lions or the left side of the Washington uh, offensive line, um, as far as the as far as the Lions, I think Kenny Galladay is the only one that we're really uh, worried about being out right now. Yeah, so looks like Amendola, Marvin Jones are both fine, um, and Frank Rag- Frank Ragnow is back to being healthy. Um, DeAndre Swift, it's just I, – I feel weird playing DeAndre Swift whenever Adrian Peterson has already come out and said that this is going to be a revenge game for him. Uh, that's honestly something where you could see uh, Matt Patricia actually being the, the caveman that he is and to like actually giving you know, Adrian Peterson a bunch of run when he absolutely shouldn't. But I'm, I'm not in on Marvin Jones. He only had four targets last week. Danny Amendola had ten targets last week. So maybe you could think about him, but – if you look on the matchup tool at rosterwatch.com, the you know the the, the I don't keep wanting to say the Redskins, the the Washington Football Team is actually like the number twenty seven matchup, the second worst matchup of the week for opposing wide receivers. So uh, I'm going to stick away from that. I'm trying to think. T.J. Hawkinson, he's banged up, so just keep an eye on it for him. But maybe he would be the guy who you could target. There are a couple of tight ends that have started popping up for me that I'm a little bit more interested in, though. Let's go to another game involving two NFC East teams. Or you know, Speaking of one NFC East team and the Washington football team, how, how about we go to an NFC East matchup here? Philly at the New York Giants. The, the Philly is four-point favorites in this game. The total has stayed at 44.5 basically all week. 56% of the tickets are on Philly along with 61% of the money. 71% of the tickets are on the over here along with 91% of the money is on the over. So this is a, a one of three games – this week, basically, really four games that are we're going to have weather. Uh, the two most significant weather games are the game in Cleveland and the game in Green Bay. With a little bit of nuance to that, the two less significant games are the game in since the game in Pittsburgh and the game with the uh, the Giants in, in Philly. This one they're talking about like 15 mile per hour winds and some rain. So maybe it affects like on the Giants side, it affects like the Darius Slayton's of the world. It affects, uh, you know, p- players like that. But I think that, the, I mean, whenever I look at this game, uh, to me, this is about, you know, on the Philly side, um, we talked about some, some reasonable tight end plays. Dallas Goddard to me just pops off as, being way, way too cheap um, on DraftKings, and he'll be somebody who I'll have a good a good bit of in, in my lineups. He's only 4,200 this week. I think he'll probably be somewhere between 20 and 25% owned uh, for that reason. A good matchup for Goddard uh, here, and, you know, it's a spot where, I mean, I'm not sure people are going to be on him. You know, we're going to need to ch- check and see exactly what's going to happen with Alshon Jeffrey if we get news on him. But we know that Jalen Rager's back healthy. It wasn't – it's not like he's – going to take much time to acclimate either because it was just a hand or something. What was it? A UCL. I guess that's the thumb. Like, like Drew Brees had that, that one year. So um, it, it, he came back. He looked fine. He looked no worse, no worse for the wear this, you know, they still have the Travis Fulgham stuff. So with Miles Sanders coming back, it's um, the, the offense could be 
could be, you know, in position to score. And when they're positioned to score like that, uh, things could tick up for Dallas Goddard in the red zone. And then, of course, Miles Sanders. I thought it was going to be a sneaky play this week. I hadn't projected it like 6% ownership. But um, a guy, you know, guys like Chris Gimino over at Roto Grinders, who has better ownership models than than I than I have, is um, is you know, or better methodology for that. I mean, he has ownership for every sport from baseball to basketball to football to uh, everything else, and he's saying that um, Miles Sanders is going to be twenty percent owned. And so maybe now I'm not quite as interested. I thought I was going to be able – I thought nobody was going to play Miles Sanders because here's – like uh, maybe I should just do this differently but instead of going game by game. I guess this, this is the way I've done it, so I'll just continue like this. But on this slate, there's a couple of big decision points. I don't think the Mike Davis stuff is a decision point. I think you should play Mike Davis in your cash games. And if you want to get wacky in tournaments and do something really weird, there's some things we can discuss that we can do it. But let me just pull up the Vegas tool and show you why – about Mike Davis. Um, I know we're not there yet, but I feel like we need to talk about this stuff to, to give the slate some context. Of course, you can get access to the Vegas tool and access to all of our tools with a pro membership over at rosterwatch.com. But um, just looking here at this, Mike Davis has a five and a half reception prop, a 35.5 receiving yards over under a 52.5 rushing yards over under, and he's minus 115 to score. And he costs 4K on DraftKings. That is a 4.38 X value on his uh, median projection via the sports books, which basically is the highest I've ever seen uh, since I've started making this tool five years ago. That's the highest I've ever seen. Uh, it's the best value from a median standpoint that the sports books would project that I have ever seen. So I would I would play him. And then the other thing is, you know, Duke Johnson is right here next to him. And normally what would be a complete outlier multiplier right here of the three point zero seven is, you know, it looks puny in comparison to Mike Davis. Right. But um, it, it's that's the kind of thing that we're jumping out of our shoes to to get on our rosters uh, in other weeks. So you have those two guys. You're going to have to shoot, you're going to have to spend up for one other running back in cash and maybe within some tournament constructions as well. So I'm just I'm wondering if what Jamino is seeing, or, you know, what the guys at Rotobrunners are seeing is maybe people are going to be pivoting off of Aaron Jones to play Miles Sanders or they're getting away from that game for maybe they want to play Devontae Adams. They don't want to play Aaron Jones in the same lineup or not as many people are going to play at being playing Alvin Kamara. I just can't see Miles Sanders being that high. I, I, I rarely take exception with uh, what, what Chris Gimino says with his ownership. Regardless, I think that Miles Sanders is a, is a, is a fine play uh, this week. I would not be as, as excited to play him if the ownership really is that high. Uh, I, in this case, I don't believe it's that high. I like Jalen Rager. I think that's he's like 4,200 or something. Uh, I think that Travis Fulgham's finally finally gotten a little bit a little bit out of reach for me. Uh, let's, let's fire through these Jacksonville at green Bay. We talked about the big wins in this game. This is one of two big win games. They're the two other games that we discussed. Uh, this totals just plummeted from 55 down to 47 and a half, uh, but green Bay still is a 13 and a half point favorite. 55% of the tickets are on the under 88% of the money is on the under. So that's why you're seeing it plummet. It's that it's from the weather and it's, it's both. It's, it's both. It's like it's correlation and causation. It's, um, it's the it's the big money better seeing the weather and, and they're betting this game down. Um, 
So who can we trust in a game like this? On the Green Bay side, probably the biggest injury on the Green Bay side defensively is Jair Alexander. Uh, that definitely helps a guy like DJ Chark, especially whenever LaVisca Chenault is out. But how much do you trust this whole thing about the win? How much do you trust Aaron Rodgers saying that with the adding of the new seats this year, it's funny that the, you know they add new seats this year of all years when they don't even fucking need them. But um, the, the – He's saying that the wind isn't quite as big a factor inside the stadium as it might be outside the stadium. We're talking 27 mile per hour, 28 mile per hour winds. Um, you know, these you can look at the week eight wind game in Green Bay. And as my guy Derek Cardi pointed out, it would have been Devontae Adams' worst game of the season had he had he not scored the three touchdowns, to which I told him, but it wasn't his worst game of the season because he scored the three touchdowns, right? So I mean it's it's hard it's hard to you know say a bad a bad word about Devontae Adams, but it's just the price, man. Nine K. It's like the, he's the the next closest guy down is what twelve thirteen hundred less in DeAndre Hopkins in a much better scoring environment, much better uh, you know much just a much better just overall environment. So uh, you know maybe with Devontae Adams and the fact that I do like Aaron Jones, it's it's just hard. Look, the play here is Aaron Jones. And he's going to be super, super popular. If you just look from where he is, he's like he's eleven hundred less than Alvin Kamara. Um, he's going to come with a ton of ownership, though, and that's a decision you have to make. Can I play Aaron Jones at this type of ownership when I could legitimately, you know, I could legitimately see see myself uh, a little bit swindled by like a fifty six point eight percent snap percentage? You know, it's that's kind of. That's that's a little bit troublesome. He does make up for it. He's got a nearly a 17% target share. We we know the touchdown equity that Aaron Jones has, but I mean, this is it's it's um you know, Jamal Williams Jamal Williams if if you were super crazy and didn't want to play Mike Davis and just said like I want to get I want to get uh okay, so here's some news from the Fantasy Life app. We have uh Chris looks like Chris Carson and, and Carlos Hyde are not. Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde have been downgraded to out tomorrow. So we'll talk about that when we get to it. If you wanted to go crazy and fade Aaron, fade uh, Aaron Jones and not play Mike Davis, you could play Jamal Williams at 4K. And that's like the ultimate. It's like the tri- it's like triple leverage because you not only get leverage against all the players who played Mike Davis at 4K and made that decision, you get leverage against Aaron for the 30 percent of the field that played Aaron Jones. Because if Jamal Williams has a big game, Aaron Jones won't have a big game. And if Jamal Williams has a big game, it's pretty likely that Devontae uh, Adams didn't have a big game either. So uh, that's a super galaxy brain kind of, kind of tournament play idea. But it's been something that's been kicking around my head. Maybe if you're I don't know if you're playing in one of these like $3, you know, million entrant kind of deals. Uh, what do you really have to lose in that kind of scenario in the games that like, if I'm playing in DraftKings and the spy or the, you know, the, uh, the power sweep three entry max, those kind of games, it's can be super hard to get away from Mike Davis. And I'm not even sure it's the right thing. I mean, I asked chief about this earlier, chief justice. 06, a great tournament player. And what he told me is that like, he said, look, sometimes that there's, um, you don't got to get off plays just because they're chalk in tournaments. Uh, sometimes you just have to find other ways to differentiate. I just, it, I hate it because I really want to play the Buffalo Arizona game and whatever he's going to be doing is they're going to be paying down for Mike Davis. 
paying that for Duke Johnson, doing exactly what I want to do, paying up for another running back, and then flocking to stack that game. Um, like that's the obvious thing that you want to do, right? And uh, so maybe we'll have to think about different different ways around that. We're, we're trying to talk about Green Bay Jacksonville, though. James Robinson's a good play. Um, DJ Chark is upgraded because of the Jair Alexander stuff. And, um, you know, make your own decisions about Devontae Adams. I think he's a little too expensive, but I'm not going to come on here and recommend that you not play him. Um, Tampa Bay, Carolina. This game's going to get stacked because so many people are going to be on Davis. Um, Tampa Bay, six-point favorites here in this game. This game's got a 50-and-a-half-point total. It's angry Tom Brady. Um, 55% of the tickets are on the over. 89% of the money's on the over. So we have some big bets coming in on the over in this game. Maybe they're thinking that the Tampa Bay defense is not going to show up the same way uh, as it had been the rest of the season and maybe look a little bit more like it did last week versus New Orleans when it got absolutely stomped. Um, one of the more interesting things I saw here was that Robbie Anderson had a six-and-a-half reception prop. That, to me, was just bananas. Um, generally, you don't see props like that except on guys like, you know, like the Michael Thomases, like the Devontae Adamses, like the DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Robbie Anderson's an alpha, man. And that it's, it's not like he's going – it's not like that's a bad uh, defensive backfield to go against. Uh, to me, though, it feels like maybe not that many people will be on Robbie Anderson because who's – really, who wants to play two Panthers uh, in their lineups unless this is a game stack? Um but look, game stacks can make sense because on the other side, uh, Tom Brady is easily stackable with. I mean, I don't, I don't have the the salaries pulled up, but I believe Chris Godwin six k. Uh, Mike uh, Mike Evans, I think, was sixty two hundred, and then I, I'm pretty sure that Antonio Brown's fifty eight hundred. Out of all those guys, I might prefer Antonio Brown. Um, not sure I'm going to be getting involved in the in the running game for this if I'm stacking it for a tournament because if I'm stacking it for a tournament that what I'm trying to do in that case is I'm saying all right I'm playing Mike Davis as long as I'm playing Mike Davis why not differentiate in a way that um okay so some more another update from the fantasy life app you you guys should go download the, the fantasy life app uh if you want to be better fantasy players just go into the iOS store go into the Google Play store and uh, use it. You'll also get access to the chats that Byron, my business partner and co-host, um, does in there every Friday with Yasin, the, the the CEO of the Fantasy Life app. So go and get that downloaded. It's free. If you hate it, just go, just just delete it. But you're not going to hate it. Just turn on turn on the alerts. Um, let's see. Uh, so, but this alert is that Alan Lazard is not going to be back. So that is for the other game. I figured that that was going to be the case. Um, it, it just it just means that that target share for Aaron Jones is probably going to stay about about where where it has. Um, he's tough to he's tough to get off of. But if you, I think that double, I think that Jamal Williams thing's a, you know like a one in a, one in a million type of a one in a million type of uh, play to get you that that triple leverage that we talked about. Um, th- I think that Brady's easy. I think this game. I think this game stack it differentiates you. I don't I don't, I don't hear anybody talking about Brady. But does anybody think that, it, that Brady might not be angry as shit? And, like, you could stack him with Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Mike Davis, Robbie Anderson. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cheap stack, um, a cheap, relatively cheap game stack for the caliber of player that you're getting in there. I mean, Jesus, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, 
with Tom Brady throwing them the football and they're all 6K and below. Mike Davis with a five and a half reception over under and like, like at least 4K. You can do all that stuff and you can still put in Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and you know, pay up at tight end for Darren Waller or something like that. Uh, let's go to Houston at Cleveland. I don't want to really go, spend too much time on this one because this, this is the – Cleveland's the play – Cleveland's windy, man. Uh, I think it's just because this – you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slow-talking Texas boy down here, dude, and, like, I live right on like, – like, like the lake's right down the hill for me. But this isn't the kind of lake, like a big-ass Lake Erie <laughs> they have up there, man. That wind whips up off that lake. It's cold, too. So uh, lake effect winds – you got to downgrade Fuller. You got to downgrade Cooks. You got to downgrade Watson. All these guys. The play here is Duke Johnson. We talked about it when we opened up the Vegas tool earlier. Um, not quite, certainly not the free square that that Mike Davis is. But um, I, I mean, he he's going to be a borderline running back one um, this week with. Uh, with David Johnson out and really moving forward for the next three weeks. Now that he's been put on IR, I see that a couple of you guys are in chat. Austin Gibbs is asking if I'd start him. Yeah. So you, you already got my answer. Of course I would start him. Um, I think he's a good play. And I think with the wind, it's like, uh, if, if it's harder to push the ball downfield, it's like, I know that Deshaun Watson hasn't been um, looking too, interested in, in dumping the ball off to his backs this year's, but it's, I mean, if you, if you're looking through those uh, lower average depth of target throws, like I, like he has a three and a half reception prop. I would take the over on that. I, I think they're going to have to dump it off to him just a whole bunch. It looks like on the other side that Nick Chubb is going to be back. And I think that's a, now that is a play that is a play I would much rather consider as my Aaron Jones pivot, if I wanted to do an Aaron Jones pivot or I want, if I wanted to play Mike Davis um, and I wanted to maybe play Duke, even though I hate usually playing running backs in the same game. You, no, that isn't the same game. No, no, no. Yes, it is. Duke and Chubb, even though I hate having to do that, I do, I do think Chubb, he's going to be like 2% owned and it's, would it really surprise you if Nick Chubb came back? They say he's perfectly healthy with how the deep, the Texas defense has been shredded. The linebackers still aren't back and they're missing Charles Omenahu this week. Would it really surprise you to look up and see that Nick Chubb had gone for like 150 yards and two touchdowns or something? I, like, I don't think that that's out of the question at all in a game where they could turn to the run and be a bit run heavy here. I came into the week high on Baker Mayfield, high on Jarvis Landry, high on Deshaun Watson, all these passing games. Uh, I don't want the wind to completely get me off it, but it has me a little bit more worried. Uh, I, our model likes Jarvis for what it's worth, but um, that's sort of where I am with that, man. I'm, I'm pretty hesitant about this game outside of the runners. And I feel like the Chubb thing, that is, that, that's a tournament play. Duke should definitely be in consideration for you right there at 5K for your cash games. And um, I don't exactly know what I'm going to do yet in my tournaments. Uh, you guys know I play mo- mostly cash, but I've been trying to get trying to play more tournaments because I honestly feel that that's where the the, indus- the industry is going. Cash games are getting harder. Um, um, it's just I, I I think that I I think the interest of most people is in tournaments, and so I've been trying to get better and better at them. But as somebody that thinks is thinks like me, where I just want to put the best roster in, and um, you know, integrating all that game theory has been a been a work in progress. 
But if, you know, for my turn, for the way I'm trying to think about tournaments this week is I think that if you're getting off Aaron Jones, I think that Nick Chubb is in, in that price range is probably a better option than Miles Sanders. Uh, just, just from a pure, pure tournament pers- perspective. Um, oh, uh, I think Austin Hooper is fine too. He's, he's, he's back this week and you don't worry as much about the wind in the area of the field that he'll be operating in. Uh, okay. Firing through here, Denver at the Raiders at 58.5 total here. The Raiders are three and a half point favorites. I, I love Josh Jacobs in games where the Raiders are favored. So, uh, given his price, he looks like he'll be a pretty good play. A little bit disappointed in his prop whenever I saw it. Let me just take a quick look at that. Um, what was his prop? It was Jacobs. 71 and a half uh, rushing yards, 2.5 receptions, 13.5 receiving yards. He is minus 135 to score here. So um, it's crazy, isn't it crazy that Vegas projects Mike Davis to have a better, a better fantasy football day than Josh Jacobs. And I mean – Mike Davis is the minimum. Um, Henry Ruggs is becoming unplayable. Um, I can't believe how good he looked in that first quarter versus Carolina before he got hurt. Do you remember that? Like, I thought it was wheels up. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Like, we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get the full Henry Ruggs experience here. It just hasn't really been like that. Uh, They're spreading it around too much that, you know, um, Nelson Aguilar keeps creeping in. You know, you got Brian Edwards now coming back. Uh, they throw the ball to Darren Waller. They just uh, – it's just hard to – hard to really depend on anybody there except for Jacobs and Waller for me on that side. And then on the Denver side, Noah Fan. I told you I told you guys last week, I said, man, look, uh, these tight ends can get loose against Atlanta. And the one tight end who I want to see getting loose in the open field out of anybody is, is Noah Fant. And you saw it on his first target, his first catch. Well, I think one of the first catches of the game by anybody, no fan got loose. And then he hurt his ankle on that same play. And he came back in and he wasn't himself for the whole rest of the game. They say he's been good all week. Uh, so no offense. I'm right back on it. I mean, Alberto tore his ACL, so he's no longer a threat down there in the red zone. Alberto had uh, like what? Six red zone targets. Um, uh, so or end zone targets so far this season. Um, let's see people in the chat or um, would you play Davis in the flex or wide receiver? No, I, I play Mike. It, well, I mean, it depends on the why. If you're talking about a 4k wide receiver, then I'd play Davis unless you just wanted to be much, 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 much different in a tournament. And as I mentioned earlier, if, if, if you want to be much, much different in a tournament, I would do so in a way that would get me extra leverage, not only off of Davis, but off of Aaron Jones too, by playing somebody like a Jamal Williams. Um, okay. So, and then Denver, you can't play Philip Lindsay. You can't play Melvin Gordon. You can't do, you can't do any of this stuff. Can't play Drew Locke. For me, the quarterbacks are really easy too, guys. It's, 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 it's Kyler, it's Josh Allen, it's Russell Wilson, it's Jared Goff. And, and I mean, Cardi and um, Chief think I'm a donkey for even considering Jared Goff. Um, the one other guy that maybe maybe I would consider quarterbacks in this game, Chargers at Dolphins, a 48.5 point total in this game. 52% of the tickets are on the over, but 76% of the money on the over. The Sharps are on the overs this week, so you shouldn't be too surprised about that. And all the big – man, these are big over-unders too. Um, 
Miami's favored by a point and a half here in this game because all that all, all that all that uh, Justin Herbert does is just look awesome all game, and then Anthony Lynn calls some dumb fuck play at the end. To, to I just, what what is that guy thinking? I mean, Michael Lombardi said it perfectly on his podcast this week. He said that that's just the nut low, like throwing the fade to Mike Williams, you know, with nine seconds left. It's like the thing that everybody knows is coming. It's it's like it's so, so uncreative. And you then for your final play, you bring in Donald Parham, uh, like from Stetson University and from the XFL Dallas Renegades. And you put the game on the line on his shoulders. I mean, it was almost a great catch, but man, you need to come up with some better plays whenever you need a play besides just back pylon throws to the, to the same side of the end zone. You have a great quarterback, one of the best in the league. Uh, and so he is one of the best in the league. You can play him. So that's totally fine. Keenan, Keenan Allen too. Um, it's in this range. There's a bunch of good plays. It's why I have trouble playing Terry McLaurin, man. Keenan Allen is like right here with, with Michael Thomas uh, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, you know, all these guys, they're right here in the 60, like 6,900 to, you know, I mean, you can give it a 7,600 and play D, DK Metcalf. So I, I have a little bit of trouble, um, have a little bit of trouble playing McLaurin, but definitely I'll, I'll play Keenan Allen. I'm not worried about Xavier Howard or Byron Jones really anyway against a route runner like Keenan Allen, but he's going to, he's going to get away from those guys playing out of the slot and you know that Herbert's going to find him. Um, and I can't play – it's just who knows what to do with their running backs. Kalen Balazs has is, is been called up. Justin Jackson I saw on the Fantasy Life app just earlier. It looks like he was um, – um, looks like he's, he's going to be put on IR. So let's just take this game and let's just see what happens with it. I think the Miami defense could even be in play. One of the best pressure rates in the league. We love Herbert, but he, he is, he, he is a rookie. And what the hell is going on with Brian Balaga and Trey Turner? What, why is, why is nobody in the Los Angeles chargers media reporting on this? They've been out for seven weeks and every week they're questionable and they never fucking play. And, why didn't everybody ask him, like, what are you dumb fucks doing? Why are they not on IR? Like, wh- why did they never get put on IR if they were going to be out this long? This isn't like a Joe Mixon thing where, like, the team obviously just underestimated the injuries or something. I, like, uh, this is this has gone too far. So there, there is that. Uh, I'm just saying that those guys could, could be back. They're questionable. I believe Belaga got into full practice on Friday. But – it like that's another that's just another thing maybe maybe Miami defense they're kind of cheap I think they're 2900 on on DraftKings uh and that's a that's a good Brian Flores is good man that's a good defense so uh, you could maybe keep them in mind on the Miami side you're going to hear the talk about um okay so you guys have some questions about um Herbert or Wentz I play Herbert Mike Williams or Chark I play Chark um okay um the the uh the what was I talking about? Oh, okay. I think I was talking about still talking. Okay, on the Miami side. On the Miami side, uh Devontae Parker obviously gets to the upgrade. No Preston Williams this week. They traded away Isaiah Ford. Um I was just like who else is who else is Tua gonna 
two are going to throw to. The Chargers have not been as tough a matchup either on the perimeter as they generally have been. I'm looking here at the matchup tool at Roster Watch. It's it's been it's just been basically a mid a, a middling matchup. It's been a great matchup for opposing tight ends. We know that Mike Gesicki gets a ton of work out of the slot, so you go back to him and then down at the very minimum. Cardi was talking up Jakeem Grant. I talked about him last week on the podcast, if you remember, uh, saying that I expected him going up against his old college coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and a guy that he practices with here in Texas during the summer and Kyler Murray and stuff. I just figured it was kind of a kind of a kind of a revenge game for him. And boy, the revenge narratives that we have this week. I didn't even mention all the revenge. We have Duke Johnson revenge, Adrian Peterson revenge. Um, we have uh, John Brown revenge. We have uh, there's there's other there's other revenge. I'll, we'll, I'll I'll remember it as we I'll remember it as we get to it. Um, but but Jakeem Grant, you know, post revenge stuff. You got to remember though, man. He's he's so small. He's as small as Darren Sproles. So um, maybe Malcolm Perry could be somebody to keep a sneaky sneaky eye on uh, the uh, utility player that'll probably get some slot work. And maybe some extra touches uh, with the backfield being such a mess, being up in flux. I mean, we saw last week like Salvin Ahmed and you know these other guys getting involved. Uh, Matt Breida could be involved this week. DeAndre Washington now has cleared the COVID protocol. We think uh, he's been there two weeks, so he could get involved. Who knows, man? Malcolm Perry, who was the the uh, triple option quarterback for Navy, he's been using him as a slot receiver, but he he can certainly carry the football. So. Maybe he could be somebody, maybe more of just like a dynasty guy to watch this week. But, you know, hell, if you're playing a millionaire maker, you could maybe look at him. If 5% of the crowd is going to be on Jakeem Grant, it could be a could be a good pivot there off of him. Buffalo at Arizona, the best game of the week by far, the fastest game of the week, the best quarterbacks we love to play, these like this great stacking options at the high level and at the mid-level. I just don't really know what we need to talk about here. I'd like to play Josh Allen and Kyler Murray if I could. I'd like to play – DeAndre Hopkins. I'd like to play Christian Kirk. And the other thing is that the COVID deal um, with Buffalo, that thing hit today. Josh Norman and one other corner are going to miss the game. One of their safeties is going to miss the game. They had to call up two corners off their practice squad, activate them and get them going to make the trip. So while we do probably get Tredavious White maybe on uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, Christian Kirk, it starts to feel like it's wheels up for him. And you know what? I mean, DK Metcalf says Tredavious White, I'll just give that asshole a chocolate swirly. Like it didn't matter to him. I'm not sure it's going to matter too much to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but, uh, we still need, we're, we're still awaiting word on, um, on, uh, Kenyon Drake. I'm not sure we'll get the word early tomorrow. Even if we're not, I'm still thinking I'll play, I'll play Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds was set to smash last week. And we know that, you know, versus Buffalo, if you can run the football on these idiots, that's the way that you, you know, that's the way the teams have been able to have been able to go after them. I do see it being a high scoring affair. I I do think the pace of the game is going to be up and I think they will be in scoring position. I just hope that they use Chase Edmonds as like Kenyon Drake plus, uh, Chase Edmonds and not just as Kenyon Drake, which is kind of what they used him as last week. Um, because I'd like to see the receptions for him. Um, but I think I'm going to play Chase Edmonds over. I'm going to play, I'm going to play Chase. I'm, I'm going to have Chase Edmonds. I think in my lineup, even if I don't know, I, I'm very, very interested in playing Chase Edmonds 
here and I, and I might play him with Kyler. And I know that that seems weird, but I, th- I think it's just a way to maybe somehow get a little bit different whenever I clearly have a lot of the same ideas as everybody else about the, you know, the chalk plays like Mike Davis, et cetera, et cetera. We have Timmy Thorne asking about the industry seems high on Connor. I'll make sure and talk about that when we get to that game, but they do. I was high on him last week. I don't know what the hell happened. I mean, I do know what happened. The game script was completely wacky and you can see it getting wacky again. That game will be a, that'll, that will be up to that game next. I, I, he's, he's not like, I'm not allowing him into my circle of trust. He's not up in the trust tree with, with, with me and Mike Davis and, Cooper Cup and Kyler Murray and some of these guys, I kick, 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 kick him right down out of the trust tree for sure. But I mean, of course, he could have a good game, and he's he's not going to be very popular coming off a bad week. Um, and and then Buffalo, like, I mean, Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, right? It's like it's pretty easy. I don't want to play Zach Moss or Devin Singletary. Um, yeah, not at the, especially not given the opportunity cost at the running back position. So um, it, it kind of it kind of makes it easy for you. Cole Beasley too. Uh, he has a four and a half reception, forty nine point five yard prop. So um, he could be somebody you could you could throw in as well. For I, I'm not sure. Patrick Peterson is. It seems like Patrick Peterson will be on Stephon Diggs. So that could be something to keep in mind. That guy Kevin Peterson on the other side really really sucks. So J- John Brown revenge, Smokey Brown revenge. Uh, it could be could be real, could be real this week. Um, I think that's that. Uh, best best game, best game on the slate. Uh, Cincy at Pitt, forty six point total here. After opening up as a forty eight point total, we have Pittsburgh seven point favorites. That's why people like like Connor. It's like it means it's seven point favorites at home. Um, Con, con, I mean, I'm seeing too god. I'm seeing too goddamn much Anthony McFarland too, man. I, I was tilting my face off last week about this Connor stuff. I'm not sure he looks good. Um, Anthony McFarland been getting in too much. I mean, but, but it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, the Vegas tool, the Vegas tool loves Connor. So um, it's the number four matchup of the week. He's 6900. He has 78.5 yard rushing prop, a three and a half reception, 22.5 yard receiving prop he's minus 165 to score so he has what the what the sixth best scoring odds on the whole slate not many people are going to be on him i'd say sub seven percent are going to be on james connor so i i think he's probably i mean he's in play i i need probably need to get better about just not tilting you know right now over last week's plays but man that plus justin jackson last week it just it it buried me and um it's like it just it feels like there are probably runners out there who come without those come without those same worries about uh, about vol- volatility um and then how do you choose, man, between Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool? And like this game, this whole game to me, I'll be damned if I'm playing any of these Bengals. I don't care if Joe Mixon's out and Gio's going to be available. I, I think Gio looks shitty. Like I, I was interested to see T. Higgins had a five and a half reception prop. I mean, I, I'm honestly thinking about trying to see if I can find a way to pay up for the Pittsburgh defense. It, I mean, is Bobby Hart still out? Let me just see here. 
Bengals. So with the Bengals on the offensive line, yeah. So Bobby Hart's still out. Is Trey Hopkins back? So yeah. So Trey Hopkins, he had the concussion. He has he has no in, in injury designation coming back this week. Jonah Williams is still questionable. It's like that offensive line is still banged up. What do we look for when we look for good defenses? Defenses that have good pressure rates. Defenses that are going against quarterbacks with bad offensive lines and defenses that are going about against quarterbacks that are going to drop back a ton. And that's like, that's Pittsburgh this week. The only problem is you got to pay through the damn nose to get these idiots. Um, but, you know, something to keep in mind there. I'm just, I'm not interested in the Cincinnati side at all. I think most of the interest on the Pittsburgh side probably should be on Connor as our guy, uh, uh, who was it? Who asked about Connor? Timmy Thorne asked about just a little bit earlier. All right. Uh, two more games, guys. Well, the Seattle Seahawks at the Rams, 54.5 point total in this game. The Rams are somehow two-and-a-half-point favorites. I don't know if that's just because McVay is coming off a bye and they think that he'll have a good um, – if he'll have a – you know, they think that he'll have a good game plan for this. We know the Rams like to run. They like to skew run heavy. But I just – you can't convince me that Sean McVay coming off a bye week – isn't going to just look at what Buffalo just did versus these guys. Look at just the blueprint versus Seattle and say, look, you can't, you, it's, believe it or not, you, it's a, you have a hard time running on them. Um, or just teams just choose not to run on them. It's, pro- it's probably, I, th- I think it's more of the latter, but like with everything, it's, you know, probably somewhere in the middle. I, I think it's, it's, I think it's I think it's probably that the team's just you know Brian Dable last week that was just a great game just go in and just like we're not going to run it and Pete Carroll said after the game he's like they didn't run the football what what the hell are we supposed to do it's like what the hell are you supposed to do Carroll you just got extended for another three years you're supposed to, to fucking make an end game adjustment <laughs> you know it's, but I, I think that McVay is probably going to want to come out and throw I think a lot of eleven personnel I, that's what makes me. Well, I, I think Josh Reynolds is a really good play at 3,500. I can't believe I had my wife start Josh Reynolds over Michael Pittman, who she had in her lineup to start before she even asked me for any goddamn advice on Thursday night. So I slept on the couch and then I'm hoping for redemption, hoping for redemption here on, on, on Sunday with him. But uh, you know, my favorite is Cooper cup and like Cardi called me a donkey for it. Uh, Chief called me a donkey for it. I just, I, but to, to me, he's a golden son. I love him. I love him in this matchup. Um, he's getting the, you know, he's 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 getting the target share, and it just feels like a game where they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna be game planning to pass the football, and when they do, you know, they they. I I, I heard an interesting statistic on another Roto Grinders show, not the one that I do, but the ones that um, my friend Blender does with the. Uh, Oh, I forget the guy's name, but it's the show Blender does on Roto Grinders, right? And the dude on there was saying advanced sports analytics. And the dude on there was saying that if you look at the correlation for Jared Goff, Jared Goff's big games correlate with Cooper Cup much more than they correlate with Robert Woods, meaning that whenever Jared Goff has ceiling games, Cooper Cup has ceiling games, whenever Jared Goff and or Robert Woods have ceiling games. The other one is far, far less likely than the pairing with Goff and, and cup. I'm not exactly sure why that's the case. My theory is that, and they didn't, he didn't explain why, why, why that was the case. He, 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 he only gave the, um, he only gave the correlation numbers, 
the only reason I can maybe because sometimes Robert Woods has scored a few touchdowns over the past few years on these end arounds and these and these carries. Um, but regardless, it, it, se- it seems like when the pass game is really, really humming that it's it's always a Cooper Cup, like 11 catch, 150 yard, two touchdown kind of kind of game. Right. And the the thing is, if you are playing this in a tournament and you're playing golf, you need to think about like, well, all right, who am I going if, I, if I'm playing golf? Who am, I, who am I going against here? And these are the th- new things I'm trying to think about as somebody that's trying to get better at tournaments and trying to exit the whole cash game thing. It's getting harder and harder, right? In, in, in tournaments, like if I need Jared Goff to have a absolute, I need Jared Goff to go to ham if I'm gonna if I'm gonna win a tournament. So for Jared Goff to go ham, okay, what does that mean? Okay, 380 yards and four t- touchdowns um, through through the year. So if that happens, I, I can't just stack him with Cup. I'm going to need to stack him with another player. I kind of like stack. I kind of like making it Cup and Reynolds and saving a little bit of money. But certainly Cup and Woods, you could be totally fine doing it on the Seattle side. Um, oh, and Daryl Henderson, if you just want to just completely say that Sean McVay goes caveman and, and ignores tendencies and just wants to run and run and run, uh, Daryl Henderson's only going to be like one percent owned. And then on the other side, I don't trust any of those backs on Seattle. I, I just – I don't want anything to do with it. I'm interested in, in DK Metcalf. I'm interested in Tyler Lockett. I'm interested in Russell Wilson. And finally, Tyler Lockett is so much cheaper. But here's the thing, guys. Tyler Lockett – I mean, Tyler Lockett had basically, what, one big game where he went absolutely eight. And DK Metcalf has outproduced him in every other game, bad matchup or not. And I'm kind of like, I know we're talking about Jalen Ramsey. I know we say this like this week, and uh, Jalen Ramsey hasn't been shadowing. He hasn't been trailing guys. Um, I just it feels like he probably should. He's, he told people that he wasn't going to this week, but um, then you had the defensive coordinator there for the the Rams say that yeah, that's definitely a matchup that we're, everybody should be looking forward to seeing. Two true alphas. I don't necessarily know if, know if that means he's planning on having him trail him or not. I don't think we're going to get to get to know. What we do know is that the Rams' new defensive coordinator is 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 very very sharp. So um, DK Metcalf is. I mean, it's just like, I mean, it, it doesn't do much to pull up a game log. But if you just, I mean, just look at what he's done, man. Like he's one. Of, he's one of the best wide receivers in the game right now, and. Um, this scoring, this is just an incredible scoring environment. I mean, he has not gone under 92 yards in any game this year, except for that game at Arizona in week seven. Isn't that incredible? He's had one or more touchdowns in all but two games this year. I mean, he's gotten you over 100 receiving yards in half of his games this season. It's they got. Uh, I mean, people wonder. Like, it's at this point, it's not a hard decision uh, which one to go with. But the fact is, now they finally realized that with the pricing algorithm, and Tyler Lockett's a lot cheaper. So I think both those guys are fine. But I mean, as you can tell, I, I've, 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 I'm at this point until proven otherwise. I'm always going to prefer DK Metcalf in the vacuum. Finally, San Francisco and New Orleans. Uh, New Orleans 10-point favorites here. Nick Mullins traveling to the Dome. Uh, 50, 50% of the tickets are on the under, along with 31% of the money. 
54% of the tickets are on New Orleans, along with 40% of the money. Um, yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara is great. I just, I, it's hard to pay up so high for him, like we talked about earlier, when you have Aaron Jones for 1100 less and Michael Thomas coming back. I, my main interest here is Michael Thomas. It's like, why is nobody talking about Michael Thomas? Like, have we forgot about Michael Thomas? I mean, it's he's he's Michael Thomas. Last I checked, right? He's, he is still Michael Thomas. I think he's Michael Thomas. You guys in chat, let me know. Is is he is he still Michael Thomas? I think he is. It's a good matchup. You know, every the whole the whole 49ers defense is hurt. He's home. He's in the dome. I. I don't want to. I don't want to play Drew Brees because I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in these other quarterbacks. But I mean, as a one-off, I, I just think on the Saints side, Michael Thomas is an elite one. Of course, you can always play Alvin Kamara. Of course, you can. You just got to worry. It's like that target share is 27 percent or whatever it is. That thing's going to come down with Michael Thomas back and him fully integrated into a game and finally, really finally back. I'm not sure that that. I'm not sure that that Tampa Bay game was, you know, any sort of bellwether about um, or any, you know canary in the coal mine or whatever like any sign of what's to come for the rest of this year with with michael thomas so you're getting him for 7400 we've gladly played 10 10k for him at home versus bad defenses before and it's like i told you about christian mccaffrey last week it's the lowest price and the cheapest ownership the lowest ownership and the cheapest price that you're gonna get michael thomas at until he really does start to be bad like and that could be like three years from now or something. Michael Thomas would, I mean, could be four years. Like this could be the best price, the best don't the best price could be with the best ownership. Just like I said for McCaffrey last week, exactly the same thing. And this doesn't come with the risk of him being the first game off of injury. So I think Michael Thomas is a terrific play this week. Um, I'm, I'm probably, I'm, I'm planning on, I'm, I'm, I'm planning on playing him. And then on the San Francisco side, look, no one's going to want to, no one's going to, really look at these guys, but I, Jarek McKinnon, that's probably, probably fine. Um, and then Brandon Ayuk is another guy and it's tough because there's so many good wide receivers, but Brandon Ayuk, man, you know, if I am going to be having to, if I am going to be having to uh, correlate this game somehow, and I am playing Michael Thomas, um, I think that Brandon Ayuk, now that we know that there's no Debo Samuel, George Kittle's out. I mean, coach Shanahan talked, to Troy Aikman before that broadcast um, that they did last week and said, like, look, we, we've designed to where we've designed to where it's like every pass can go through a guy like Brandon Ayuk. I mean, they, they see him as the true alpha there. Uh, it, if this is a game where San Francisco can keep it the least bit close and, you know, if we're playing Michael Thomas, that's sort of going to be the hope that San Francisco can keep it a little bit close. I think that correlating that with a guy like Brandon Ayuk, it's a terrific strategy. 